0: It's the Alison, it's the Alison, it's the I- 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 Alison, it's the Alison, it's the Alison, it's the I- 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 Alison, it's the Alison, it's the Alison, it's the Alison, it's the Alison. Welcome to the Allison Show. I'm Allison, and boom! baby. <laughs> I'm so glad you're here. Listen, lover. There's so much power in learning to see ourselves clearly. So on this podcast, let's try. We're going to laugh together, possibly cry together, and we'll talk about why it's hard to feel our inherent wholeness, why it can be hard to feel awesome, and what to do about it. And good news, we're going to be aggressively compassionate to ourselves and others as we do it. Let's go! I'm here with the one, the only, the sexy, the talented, Mr. Eric Robertson!
1: Hello. Good morning.
0: I just was so excited to introduce you because when I've done the last few ones, when I don't introduce you, I'm sad. I
1: think I've been, there's only been one you haven't it done. It doesn't
0: yet. matter. I'm still sad. I'm right here. <laughs> this is episode 181 and it is going to be quick woo, and fun. It is the joy of changing what you notice. This episode is brought to you by me. Allison, and I just want to remind you of my fantastic, amazing new online course called Flower Power Magic. If the winter doldrums are starting to come your way or you're looking for a fun holiday gift... This would be a perfect present to gift yourself or someone else, add a little pep. I just used all of the principles from Flower Power Magic, my course on how to have fun and create flowers to make my tree beautiful. I've been making beautiful wreaths, all the same principles from the course apply to these other things. So whether you want a tablescape or want to get into it you should check it out we'll link to that in the show notes and if you're interested in being a sponsor for the podcast shoot us an email to heygirl at the allisonshow.com that
1: was a great did a good that job was, that was
0: did fun. i explain it at that all was
1: wonder- i like the tablescape if <clears throat> yeah. you just want a tablescape,
0: <laughs> doesn't want a tablescape.
1: Now, now i don't even know what that means but now i want a tablescape <laughs> i get all the ads for manscaping so i don't know if that has anything i don't know if that correlates at all but Get me on that table.
0: Yeah. Oh, I will get you on that table. So I have been reading. I love my fantasy smut. I love it so much. And to all of my friends out there who just finished Iron Flame. The second book, after Fourth Wing, Rebecca Yaros, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, let's commiserate, let's work through this together. But in between, and also to take breaks from my fantasy smut, I have been working in some other books, and a book that I have just been loving is Rick Rubin, The Creative Act, A Way of Being. So, a little bit of context Rick Rubin was one of the founding people of Def Jam Records. He's won like nine Grammys and he is totally lauded for being able to help creative artists produce some of their best work. And when I saw this book in the bookstore, The Creative Act with its like really simple chic cover, nobody in a green jumpsuit pointing, I was mad. Because I was like, no, I was supposed to write that book. <laughs> I, and I, did, I knew nothing about him. I knew nothing about the book.
1: Have you seen him?
0: Oh, yo, he, oh, he's great. He's oh, got he, so much hair. He looks so good. He's like
1: a hippie. Back in the 80s when he was doing the hip hop in New York, he looked just like a bouncer. He just like this big guy. But now he looks so good.
0: Like a Zen kind of yogi just hippie. white hair
1: everywhere with like big colored glasses. He's, yeah. He's definitely your vibe.
0: Yeah. Oh, I freaking love him. And I've noticed that a couple times in my life when there's a book that really has a message for me, I almost have a violent, visceral reaction to it. I did the same thing to Brene, one of Brene Brown's books. I mm. threw it across the room. I was so mad at it. And then I came back to it a few years later and I was like, oh, if I had finished reading this, it would have helped me so much.
1: <laughs> lesson learned. Finish, yes. finish the book before Well, you throw but,
0: but also the lesson I think is there's a time and a space and a place. And I heard my beautiful friend, Lisa Valentine Clark, who I definitely want to have on the show. Yeah, I know you want her on your
1: show. We'd... She will be on my show in, in a week or so. She's going to
0: be on my show before your show.
1: No, I'm racing no. <laughs>
0: I heard her talking about this book, The Creative Act, and I was like, dang it, now I have to read it, and I wanted to share one thought from there, and as this week um, in America, we're going into Thanksgiving, we're about to go out of town for a little family thing, and a little bit of a shift of a focus on gratitude, I wanted to talk about the way that I've been using gratitude in a new way. And I feel like this thought from Rick Rubin's book, The Creative Act, A Way of Being, was really beautiful. Before I share the thought, there's a really good like, contextual thing. And this is, again, from his book. So talking about just we're on this planet, we're born, and to navigate our way through this immense world of data, we learn early in life to focus on information that appears essential or of particular interest and to tune out the rest. And then he goes on to say, as artists, we seek to restore our childlike perception. A more innocent state of wonder and appreciation, not tethered to utility or survival. I love that thought before we talk about changing what you notice or even gratitude, because it acknowledges that this is this really confusing world of data. And there's sights, there's colors, there's memories, there's sounds, and there's so much coming at us. And so early in life, we learn how to sort that data. And based on nature, nurture, experiences in our life, it can be very hard sometimes to not sort it in a way that keeps you in a negative spiral or that keeps you from seeing some of the beauty that is around you. And I just want to acknowledge that You're not doing that because you're stupid. (laughs) And you're not doing that because you're ungrateful. Well, I
1: think his last sentence said it perfectly. He says we see it through utility and survival. Yes. So once we go into, I'm a dad, I've got to provide. So the world goes through that lens. And then everything, that easily turns things into a lack or like I've got to hustle or I've got to, it's not fun anymore. It's not wonder. I totally relate to that last sentence. I
0: love that. And for me, I hear like survival And I think of reading people's emotions and faces and like micro expressions is something that I have done to survive, where I feel like in order to understand what's going on around me, I need to understand the people around me and it is both like a superpower and can keep me in my head. It can keep me from experiencing what's really going on.
1: It keeps, it keeps you from the present moment. And it, exactly. That's,
0: it keeps yeah. me from the present moment. Yeah. And so before we go into changing what you notice and the joy that can be found in changing what you notice, acknowledging that utility, that survival, there's a good reason you're noticing the things you're noticing. And it's That's to say it's not just some easy, oh, just change, like just, but it can be that simple. And so this is the sentence that really stuck out to me. Though we can't change what it is we are noticing, we can change our ability to notice. I'm going to say that one more time. Though we can't change what it is we are noticing, we can change our ability to notice. And as I heard that line... I was driving and I was looking at the beautiful mountains. We're so spoiled by having giant mountains surrounding us. In we the... live
1: at the on the bench of a yeah. mountain. So
0: we're literally like always staring at mountains. And I was looking at Timp, which it's... is a mountain that we see. <laughs> yeah. Is that it?
1: <laughs> Timpanogos. Timpanogos.
0: Yeah. I don't yeah. even know the name of the yeah. mountain. I don't know where now I am. Now you do. <laughs> so I was like, okay, wait, I, w- I really want to think about this. I can't change what I'm noticing. And I was like, I'm noticing that mountain. And if I'm in the present moment, noticing it, I can't change it. So if I'm noticing my hand, and I'm in the present moment, right, there was something about me that initially was like, no, if I notice it, I can change it, which therein lies the problem (laughs) that I can control the world. But in order to change it, or Do anything, you would have to take yourself out of that noticing, which is the present moment. So I was looking at the mountain and I was like, okay, yeah, I accept that. Fine, I hear you, Rick Rubin. I accept that I can't change what it is I'm noticing. I can't change the mountain. I can't change that I notice somebody roll their eyes at me, or I can't change that I notice all of these little micro expressions. Because my body has been trained to do it and it helps me feel safe. However, we can change our ability to notice. And that gave me like this sense of freedom and power where I was like, that ability to notice, just because I'm using it as an example, like the micro expressions of faces, as I have become more embodied and as my anxiety has Lessened, And as I have been able to move a little slower, I notice way more in terms of nature, in terms of seasons and cycles. I notice the trees. I notice the flowers. I notice when our tree is losing its leaves and how it goes from one day having all of its leaves to the next day they were all gone. Mm-hmm. At first, like, it lost them slowly. And just these little things. And so I was like, yeah, I can testify. My ability to notice has been changed. Part of that has been from healing wounds. And honestly, (laughs) which, how do you do that, right? It's acceptance. And so my ability to notice has been super changed by my ability to accept and my ability to accept has been shifted and changed and sculpted by my ability to hold both the bad and the good at the same time Mm -hmm. and i was having a hard time the other day with something and some information put my brain into the place of shock and i was talking to eric and after a while I was able to see it wasn't the information, it was the state of mind that information brought on that causes this type of confusion. And that type of confusion is like a traumatic feeling for me. And then that put me, but so often, and so even the ability to notice that as opposed to getting stuck in the information and trying to solve a problem from, I kept saying, this is the symptom, not the cause. This is the symptom, not the cause. But it is very hard to notice that when you are in it. Yeah. Does that make sense?
1: It totally makes sense. Yeah, I think, for, I like you said, that for you to accept, like your accept reality, accept the good and bad is mm. really beautiful. To me, I think, and I'm going to go back to the, like when we look at the world through survival or utility, I'm going to go back to me personally, like how I can make observing things more wonderful and wonderful and childlike is if I can get out of those states. Mm, and, ha- yeah. how, and and to me, how I get out of those states is I trust the higher power. I trust God. If I trust him and say, I believe you'll take care of things, I'm going to just be here as an observer. And my job is to give love and to express my creative gifts. That pulls me out of those states where I only view the world through survival or utility, and it makes it much, things much more beautiful.
0: I love that too, because I'm very in love with and thinking a lot about this idea of, I very firmly believe that as humans, we're creators. And that is one of our our highest, most beautiful, expansive purposes is to create. And whether that is creating a piece of art like music or creating a feeling in a room or creating a comfortable space in your home for a beautiful conversation right we get to create all day every day and when you are thinking of yourself okay so this is like a tactic this is like a tactical tip right it's i'm talking about how when i'm in acceptance i can let go of anxiety anxiety is a state of survival mm-hmm. so when i Am feeling that survival and utility, like maybe thinking of yourself as a provider, that's thinking of yourself in a utilitarian way. Mm-hmm. When you think of yourself as a parent, you're very utilitarian. Yeah. Right? But when I think of myself as a creator, it puts me... Into like in Rick Rubin's book, where he, that childlike innocence, mm-hmm. and I always think of that. It's a book in a movie under the Tuscan sun, and there and you. <laughs> Diane make, Lane. Yeah, you make fun <laughs> of me always for watching that, but there's a character in the in the book slash movie. I know the movie better than the book, and she gets in the fountain, and mm-hmm. she just always talks about never losing your childlike wonder, your childlike innocence, and. I one of my life goals is to be the village crazy lady, and you're
1: almost there. (laughs) I you've you've dipped your toe in that pond many times.
0: (laughs) I mean, I'd say, or
1: fountain. You've dipped your foot in that fountain. Yeah, I
0: definitely have. And the grandma in Moana. I want to dance on the side of the shore with some giant tattoo on my back and just be in that state of the creator. And if you're like, okay. I can't change what it is I'm noticing, cool, thanks, but I can change my ability to notice. One way that I change my ability to notice is by reassigning the role, right? And so slipping on that, I'm a creator and I believe in a higher power. I believe in God personally. So for me, that means I want to co-create, with that higher power. Now for you, if you don't believe that you might, it might still really be empowering because as a creator, there's this, there's just a sense of magic because magic is transformation, which is something that wasn't there is now there. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to gratitude and we have so many gratitude practices on this podcast, and we've talked about it a lot. I think it's episode 14 or 24. It's something with a four. We have a gratitude practice you should totally listen to if you haven't before. We'll link that in the show notes. But I have started a journal that I really, I've Come back to my scrapbooking roots. I didn't realize I had such strong scrapbooking roots. But when my friend passed away earlier this year, I was going through all of my old college stuff to find pictures of us together. And like I scrapbooked in college. Mm -hmm. It's crazy how many scrapbooks and journals and things I have. So anyway, I've let myself do these art journals. And I was having a really bad night and I wrote... Something good happens every day. At least one good thing happens every day. And this has been so helpful for me. And I didn't even think, I don't think of it as gratitude. It's funny because I I didn't have that context. Because if you had told me in that moment to do what I'm grateful for, I'd be like, screw you. No, I'm not going to be grateful. I'm going to be petty. I want to be petty right now. Mm. I just want to roll around in this muck. I'm Mm. going to bathe in it. Mm. However, in the muck, in the pettiness, I will acknowledge that one, at least one good thing happened today. And it has been a really fun practice. And almost, I try not to make it too much like I'm trying to like keep track of everything that happened that day, right? Mm -hmm. And some days I don't do it. But shifting what it is, like it is... It's changing my ability to notice because that reframe of one good thing happened, even in all this crap, and I'm going to notice it. I'm not acknowledging the muck, the crap, the pettiness I want to stay in. That's fine. Stay there, Allison. That's new. I'm going to accept that. However, I do want to notice at least one good thing. Even on I have this one page that I just drew like all these raindrops and I just wrote, it was a sad day and it was raining outside. And I like that it was raining when I was sad. And like, it's, I liked that the weather matched my mood. I felt like we were in cahoots together, right? (laughs) So that has been a way for me, I think, to change my ability to notice. Can you think of anything what are some practices in your life right now that you think are helping you change your ability to notice?
1: I'm almost annoyed at myself for saying what I'm going to say. I love this. But it's just taking care of myself has put me in such a better mind space, physical space, spiritual it's, space. It's so stupid. It's,
0: it's not stupid, though, because especially with the context of utility and survival. Yeah. When you are taking care of yourself, you're not just functioning out of utility and survival. Yeah. You're functioning as a creator, yeah. as a creative, as a collaborator with the environment around you.
1: Yeah. The facts are that you feel better when you feel better. <laughs> it's yeah. Like you do. And getting up, working out, reading scriptures in the morning praying, talking to people. I mean, being my podcast has literally changed my life because I'm talking to people. That's one thing that I
0: have noticed about you so much. So if you missed it, Eric has a new podcast called the men who love God. And I love when he has an interview because after every interview, you're so on top of the world, Mm -hmm. you just, you love life. Everyone's amazing.
1: I love people. You love
0: people. (laughs) There's hope. And I think, especially during these really dark times in our world, and oh, it's just heartbreaking. It's so heavy. It almost feels like we shouldn't be happy. We shouldn't have joy. But we know that our joy, our happiness, our gratitude is important to our survival. Mm-hmm. And also the world's survival. Yes. If when I'm suffering, I don't, maybe it depends on the mood, right? But like when I'm, when I am suffering, knowing that there are people who can still find joy in the world and that joy then gives them the capacity to maybe be there for me or mm-hmm. somebody in my type of situation. I think that's, I personally feel like that's one of my responsibilities as a human.
1: Yeah. Is, and you do, you're very good at it. Thank I mean, you. That's one of the things that attracted me to you in college was how you could brighten a room when you walked into it. Oh, so oh, I did an interview yeah. yesterday, and the guy said, and you can't see me, but I'm holding up my fingers like an inch from my thumbs Everyone is this close from feeling better.
0: Oh, I love that. Like
1: this close. And it's our job. It's our it's if that feels heavy, like it's not your job right at the moment, but to everyone just needs a little bit of external validation. And we're all creators and we're all Uniquely gifted to share some light, some inspiration, share a story, share just the creative act to help people close that gap to feel better. Just that we're all so close to doing it. Yeah. And we all, another beautiful thought was we are all uniquely gifted with some sort of gift. To share. And so, your gift, Allison, is you're a very good speaker, motivator. You're funny. Mine is through music and I guess now conversation. His job and what he learned is he runs around with a sign that says, I believe in you. And he runs miles and miles with What's his, his name? His Benjamin Line. He's awesome. I love that. Yeah. So, he'll come out in a couple of weeks on my podcast. But he, it took him two and a half years to get courage. He knew he was supposed to do it, two and a half years to finally do it. He felt so stupid. And then when he finally did it, it's like the, just like the gates of whatever exploded in so much light and immediate like interaction with people yeah. and that's how that's we're that close and he's literally changed lives and so when we gained the courage to be creative we Honor ourselves. We honor our gift, and then, then the floodgates open, and then light is shared, and then gives other people courage to do it. And so my advice is, if you feel resistance to be creative, that that's how you know you're on the right path. Yeah, you have to get through the resistance. Yeah, you are not alone. Everyone feels that resistance. You're going to feel yeah. stupid. People will criticize every single time. Yeah, no matter what you do, there will be criticisms, there will be resistance. But the other end of that is just so worth it.
0: And I another reason I really love Rick Rubin's book is because he talks so much about basically the utility of art and that creating and your art, your process of creating is, that's it. That's the whole point of it. And it's so easy. As I've tried to over the last couple of years, I want to improve my art. I want to enjoy art. I want to allow myself to feel like an artist and not just a creative person who doesn't take the word artist, right? Like it's this whole funny dance of back and forth. And that means that I buy art supplies and they're expensive sometimes. And then I use the art supplies and they're expensive. And then my art maybe doesn't look the way that I necessarily want it to look. It doesn't feel like I'm justified in spending this money. Right. There's all of these little obstacles that get in the way. Self-criticism. Yeah. Yeah, Self-doubt. And also it's easy for easier for us to go and buy some Advil or to go and buy like maybe even a cold pressed juice, which is like a spendy thing to buy. But you're like, this is going to help my body. I just want to like, if anybody needs permission to spend $15 on a watercolor set, like I'm actually going to link to my favorite inexpensive watercolor set, right? Like just allowing yourself to invest in the role of you as a creator, just like you would invest in the role of your job. People will always, I sell my courses. Do people buy flower power as much as they buy the courses that teach them how to do business? No, they don't. Like the older spend more money on the business courses, even even if there's even if there's even more value in the flower course or in the cookie course. Right. It's just just an interesting thing about us as humans. Okay. I feel like we covered it. it. We did it. We We did it. it. The joy of changing your ability to notice. Hope you feel empowered, uplifted. Hey, thank you. I am so grateful that you are listening to the podcast. I am so honored that we have listeners, that we have people who are invested. It means everything to me. And I love the conversation. Speaking of conversation, I want to do this thing called Ask Allison. And there is a link in the show notes. I have not gotten a question yet, but I believe that I will get one eventually. (laughs) And then we can have this conversation. I've
1: got a few questions.
0: Yeah, I know you do. So I want to remind you that link to Ask Allison is in the show notes. And we don't have any new reviews, but I am not discouraged. <laughs> I am truly just really grateful to get to, to speak and share. And I love having Eric. I love having you on the show. And I hope that you guys have a beautiful week. I want to remind you that only you can be you and you are already as awesome as you need to be. Baby boy, can you play some of your new Christmas music?
1: Sure. Ooh. Yeah, this is a new album I just finished. It's, uh, you can find it on Spotify and Apple or wherever. And it's called Cozy Christmas. Yes. And this is I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day. I
0: love that one.